everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. Are you chronically tired? Do you feel like your sleep sucks ass? Is it affecting your training, your job, your relationships, your attractiveness, and your ability to listen to a full episode of this podcast? Well, then your problem just became our problem, and we are fucking problem solvers. Luckily, we're joined this week by Harpreet Rai, developer of Aura Ring. He's the brains behind the ring, which incorporates temperature, infrared LEDs, an accelerometer, and a gyroscope. No, I don't know what any of these things are, to track not only your sleep, but your activity. Unlike many wearables, Rai's approach has always been transparency of technology. In this episode, he'll tell you how Aura Ring works and what it means for your athletes. This is episode 309. I sure am tired. Wonder if we can learn a little bit about the benefits of sleep today on the premier podcast in strength and or uh, con- or uh, or uh, conditioning. <laughs> ing. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, that's right. This is Luke. You are Tex. Say I'm Tex. I am Tex. This is our featured guest. He just keeps showing up. <sighs> it's true. Doesn't do keep showing up. Doesn't hurt his case that he's the head honcho here at Power Athlete. Or where's a a pinky ring. We don't Big hold that against pinky him. Pinky ring guy. Uh, Points with his pinky. Well, Quite a bit. I wish I had a pinky <laughs> ring on right now, but unfortunately I lost it. More on those pinky rings later, people. First, I feel compelled to tell... Whoa, hang on. Whoa, whoa, don't you fast forward because there might be a little coupon code from our friend, Harpreet Rai, who is the current CEO of Aura Ring, the shockingly stylish... Uh, wearable, fitness tracker, sleep tracker. That's what we're going to be talking. Lots of good stuff. But first, I have to tell you, did you know that the best way to become a really good coach is to educate yourself? Tex, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. And you're really, you're a really good coach. Did you do it by not educating yourself? Impossible. What? No. Now, I can't say it's impossible. Well, I guess everything is education. Well, our objective is to accelerate your education. Oh, how would so how would one go about doing that? The Power Athlete Methodology Level 1 online course. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about 44 lessons, nine sections, a workbook that has been no joke, legitimately set. Who what did we we should go back and look at what Crookston called it. Like exactly what the strength and conditioning world needs because it's not dry fucking uh you know big hammer swinging mumbo jumbo where we're trying to sound smarter than we actually are no that's what text does every day what we did is we put it in the terms that you can use with your athletes to drive and affect the most amount of change we have five plus video hours of lecture and hell you want to hang the power athlete banner in your gym you want to become a power athlete block one coach you want to come out to the ranch and see what you're all about get some feedback from the big guy myself and Tex. this is your first step it's the prerequisite it is your first step toward towards becoming a better coach that is the power athlete methodology level one course head to academy.powerathletehq.com and check it out and if we if we don't convince you people go there look at it if we don't convince you, you email me. I'm Luke at PowerAthleteHQ.com and tell me why. And I'll convince you. I'll just convince you. It's not that hard because it is the best thing out there. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. John, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're right. 
And you know what? It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rare. You know, you're like a broken watch. You only write once a day. Mm-hmm. So this is your once. <laughs> it's like 24 hour watch. Well, you know, they always say like even a watch right or twice a day, twice a day, broken watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like once a day. Yeah. But I'm, what you're saying is it's a 24 hour watch. <laughs> And instead of 1 through 12, it goes 1 through 24. 24. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 24-hour clock. But it's like a broken watch is right twice a day. You're 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 like right once a day. You're like like an analog (laughs) 24-hour watch. (laughs) No, we lost uh, Tex. He he, he doesn't even uh, have a watch. What's an analog? Oh, Jesus. Tex. You know what I want to get, John? A watch that doesn't even tell time. (laughs) It's just be like, oh, this thing... So expensive, it doesn't even have hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get one of those. Trust me. But that is a ridiculous invention. You want to know what's super cool? This aura ring. I got to be honest with you. I, re- I do remember learning about it early on and be like, eh, because it was fucking, it was big like no, the, when it, it first came out. It's like, still bitching. But like, no, I'm talking like actual size. Oh. It just was like, didn't have, didn't have the panache, but their Gen 2 that they had looks pretty fucking good. You can see people wearing it and it's pretty, pretty legit. And I did like, how, uh, you know, we were talking before the show, John, on this aura ring. I'm like, did they just refocus on the sleep? But then Harpreet goes into it and like totally shakes it out. Like mm-hmm. it is, it, it, I liked how he called it. That insight is the accumulation of everything the day before, right? So it does provide that type of insight on how to change mm-hmm. behavior. But that's who we got on the show today, people. CEO of Aura Ring, Harpreet Rye. Good talk. Funny dude. Let's do it. Go. I think what I'm really fascinated on is one is like the heart rate variability. And I think like sure. what, um, you know, like I, I think with a lot of the wearables, people kind of just assume that the t- because it's technology and it's there and the algorithms that the accuracy is there. And like, you know, yep. like, um, and the one thing that, that blew my mind, especially when I was wearing the whoop was, uh, you know, it's giving you like this total calorie burn and they're, you know, heart rate variability and you're going all through this. And there was no, um, and we discussed it, like there's no algorithm. There's no, like they're not giving you an insight on how they're collecting their data. And yeah, that, that's right. the part that was most frustrating to me because um, I knew it wasn't accurate. Like I was using, you know, Omega Wave and other ways to test the heart rate variability and the numbers were all over the place. And, and, yeah, and, and honestly, just, I, I don't know why, Whoop, um, I don't know why they've shied it. Well, I guess maybe I know, but like, even if it's like not that, like my my gut is, I'm talking to other researchers who've gotten the like raw data, the, the extent that they can get raw data extracted. Like they're taking the HRV for about an hour during the night, and then they, you know, that they extrapolate it. Which is, by the way, like you know, Apple and Fitbit, like when they are doing HRV, they're doing the same thing. I just don't understand why they don't say that to people, so you we would all know what they're doing. Because then then you can actually try to use it, right? You're like, oh, well, if that's what you're doing, then. You know, I can try to. Why can't you run? Like, why couldn't you just run the heart rate variability at the time at which you want to do it? Like, uh, heart rate variability works great. Like, you first thing in the morning, you wake up. Like, there should be an ability to run the heart rate variability instead of them just giving you. Like, they're almost treating it like they're doing it in a constant, which I know they're not. They're not. Yeah, yeah, because there's no way for the battery life, and there's a bunch of other extraneous things. But like, if you could just select it and say, "Hey, you know what? Like, I want to run the heart rate variability, and I want to check it every morning at." you know, 5.30 a.m. So you have a consistent sure. time deal. Yeah. I um, I, I think, like, so we're introducing that feature. Um, we're going to call it like a med- we're not. We're actually trying to figure out names. So if you got got any ideas. So we're, we're introducing it as a meditation mode um, where, like, hey, if you sit still and take, like, do meditation, you'll be able to see, like, your HRV after. Um, 
you know, and that's what we found. People want that. Now, um, we still think it is pretty interesting to be able to get that HRV for every single beat all throughout the night. And, and the reason we think that's interesting is because like when you do wake up, like even if you wake up and, you know, you're using an alarm, you're not using alarm, you have to piss some days, you don't have to piss the others, like that's going to throw your HRV measurement off. So like our, we were surprised by this, but by collecting like eight hours of HRV data every night, um, you end up just getting a better baseline is what we found. Um, but at least we tell you how we do it. We're like, dude, you know, I can send you, if you want, I'll send you the Excel file of like your, you know, IBI or every single beat data. That's what we do for researchers. Like, I mean, there's, you know, there's, that's the reason I think people like our device, especially we're getting more and more inbounds there because they're like, oh shit, you're telling me how you do it. And you're giving me the raw data and Excel for it. Um, and they just haven't been able to, you know, Apple and Fitbit won't do that. And, you know, I guess Whoop isn't either. Um, but I, I do feel like all these devices, even if they did, you know, HR during the day, they should just tell you. Like they should, I wish they just showed, we're thinking about it. Like when we're going to do HR during the day, everyone's has accuracy issues there because the movement and the constriction of blood flow in your hand or your wrist, right? Like, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're gripping something really tight, right. And let's say you're benching, right? Like, you know, the blood flow, your, your body is smart enough to actually like be like, dude, I need to get blood flow where it needs to go to, you know, get, get, you know, get blood to the muscles. But, um, you know, so your blood in your arms and your hands will be different, the rate of your pulse than what it is on your chest. And I've like, I've been telling the team, like, dude, when we're ready to do it, like, let's just fucking tell everyone exactly what we did and show them here's a fucking data from a chest strap, polar, like the gold standard, right? Or garment, pick your chest strap of choice. And here's the data from our device. And like, I was like, we should do this with three or four other wearables just to show, because no one shows you that data. And that's like mm -hmm. researchers and hate it. Um, most consumers don't know that like, you know, the HR that get, take your Apple watch, do three air squats, your HR won't change. Right. right? Yeah. Um, same with the Fitbit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same with Fitbit. Right. And it's, it's like, cause they all try to use like certain movements to detect what you're doing and then extrapolate and estimate your heart rate on it. And it's a huge problem, but everyone, if they were just open about it, I feel like consumers would trust it more. Um, but mm -hmm. since no one's open about it and no one wants to share sort of, like their data versus the gold standard in certain things, you know, we're just sort of all left guessing in the dark. Well, then the other one too is trying to calculate like burn for total calories, which is next to impossible to fucking figure out. And, yeah. uh, you know, so you're like looking at this thing and I remember like, uh, I was pretty accurately like started tracking calories. I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat like 3000 calories a day. And I was pretty yeah. accurately burning 6,000 and I'm just doing the math. I'm like, all right, 3,500 calories for one pound. And so over the course of like 10 days, I've burned 60,000 calories. I've consumed 30,000. I should be at like this body weight deficit. Yeah. So didn't, you should have lost 10, 10 pounds. I guess. Didn't happen. Yeah. And, and then my wife, uh, I had her doing the same and same thing. Like it just wasn't working like that. And I'm thinking like, man, that's so interesting that, I mean, they're, they're putting a hard number in place. And it's like, you know, and, and like if you're, you know, you're measuring yourself on the scale, you're actually eating and measuring your food. Uh, it yeah. should theoretically work out like that, but it, it just never did. And that one just kind of blew me away. And the other one was, is like the daily, um, uh, like your daily load, like how hard, how stressful your day was. And it was mm. pretty funny. My wife, uh, her most stressful part of the day was waking up and getting the kids to school. And so every day she was like at a 20 or 21, which like maxed it out, which was like harder than 99.9% <laughs> of the people. And she was over 21 almost every single day. And this was just her trying to get the kids out of the class. And she's like, 
I don't need this negativity in my life. And uh, yeah. we stop wearing them because it just like I think the hard part is, is like if you're trying to and we, we've done it with other people, like if we're trying to, you know, do some calorie balance where, hey, I'm consuming X and I'm burning X and you're trying to scale, like look at like the, uh, you know, the intensity of your workout, how hard you're going. It kind of helps to have some numbers to shoot to people. The problem is, totally. is if we recommend it and we shoot those numbers over and you're like, hey, if you're burning X and you're eating X, you should do this. Then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. It either looks like uh, we're frauds or the or what we're recommending isn't good. And I think that's when we first talked. I'm like, I'm just looking for yeah. somebody that is something accurate, but also gives you an idea of like, hey, here's the information. This is how we're collecting. And no device in the world is going to be 100%. But as yeah. long as we can get on paper and make like you know better decisions, like uh, I've always been searching for a way to do some form of heart rate variability first thing in the morning, so you could kind of dictate what your training looks like for the rest of the day. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No, totally agreed. And, and th- I mean, we we just made it as a proxy, like taking it the whole night um, for that. And I mean, not a proxy; it's a different. I guess it's more data. Um, but yeah, we're going to enable that daytime mode too so you can do it first thing in the morning i I do i I agree that's how i train like it you know i haven't been working out as much as i want to but i've just found the days i'm feeling really good i'll add a little bit you know than i thought i was going to do versus my protocol and like i'm talking you know small stuff i'll try to go for that extra rep or two i'll try to just add five five pounds maybe 10 pounds on a more compound list and i'm i'm able to hit it and and days where I'm not, like I still try to push it and I won't be able to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think placebo is a hell of a drug. So part of that probably is mental. And um, I, but I do think there's also long term, if you can adjust that load to your recovery when you train, that's what's going to help you keep breaking plateaus. So well, that's, just, and then you can start kind of tracking like where did the, where did the hole in my recovery from? For me, um, uh, my recovery was in the toilet when I undereat. And then also yeah. like, like my, like I told these guys, my little boy's been waking up pretty much every single night. Uh, he's been waking us up for probably the last six months. Okay. And like, uh, for the last four nights he's come in and thrown up, which is usually involves oh. cleaning. Like it just, yeah, it's, uh, some, some special, but, uh, like that type of stuff you can't necessarily plan for. And then it's right. like, uh, you know, other factors key in, but it's almost like, you know, sleep recovery and then being able to kind of look at things like, um, you know, if you're going to, you know, try some, I don't know, like Dr. Parsley sleep protocol and you want to throw that in or, you yeah. know, like, um, uh, you know, like talking to Rob about Rob Wolf about increasing, you know, sodium intake and start trying yep. to test these little things and see if they have a direct replace, uh, like, uh, they're, they're directly affecting recovery. Yep. And what's nice is to have something like the like the ring where now all of a sudden, hey, I've made one change and I'm starting to see these small little, you know, little adjustments into the grand scheme. Totally. Well, Harpreet, why don't we why don't we start off, man, with cool. uh, yeah, give us some background. OK, cool. so we're going to be talking wearables. We're going to be talking uh, specifically or or a ring. Right. Yeah. And aura health. But give us some background, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about the product, a lot about the company. But what about you, man? Like, what yeah. personally? How did Harpreet get into this whole thing? So yeah, I mean, like my background, uh, like I guess I would say I my interest in life were probably two things, like broadly speaking. Well, maybe they got into more as I got older. But <laughs> when I was younger and and civil, it was you know it was I would say technology was probably my first interest. I always was fascinated by it. Just you know, growing up, like going to high school and like you know, the late nineties, um, I just felt like, you know, we were going through this revolution in technology. It was sort of hard not to be fascinated by it. And also, yeah, you know, my dad was an electrical engineer. My grandfather was an electrical engineer. So in that right. sense, maybe, maybe a little bit of the, 
the Indian mentality of forcing it on your kids a bit too. Um, but my second interest um, was actually just athletics and performance. Um, and frankly, I think that came from like, you know, I am Sikh. I do look different. You know, I wanted to fit in. You know, I went to high school with 2,500 kids in New Jersey, public high school. Bridgewater Raritan High, go Panthers. But um, nice. <laughs> I wanted, you know, I, there was definitely a part of me that wanted to fit in. And I, you know, part of that is playing sports. And, you know, I'm five foot five on a good day. And I was like 120 pounds for most of high school. Um, and, you know, I was a pretty terrible athlete. Um, but I worked my butt off to get better. And, you know, I would say most people like, you know, a soccer team, I got cut my junior year would say, dude, Harpreet like came back senior year and people are just like, holy shit. Um, and so I think that's where it started. Like my interest and fascination in sports, sports science, like how do I get stronger? What do I have to eat? You know, like I was just slower, fatter, weaker than most of the kids. And it was, it was that combined with my interest in technology that really got me into this. Um, fast forward, I went to school, studied electrical engineering, went to university of Michigan, big football school. Um, loved it, but, um, after I had a ton of college debt. So I think on the, on the same route was like, how do I pay this off and got distracted for a bit and, and went into wall street. And I was, uh, I was at banking for a year. That was terrible. Uh, but then I spent nine years at a hedge fund and looked really good on paper, honestly, like also learned a ton, love the people I work with, but on the inside, like we were talking about before, mm -hmm. just honestly, wasn't, wasn't feeling as happy. Um, the money was great, um, but just didn't really feel the passion anymore um, day to day. And mentally, it was it was definitely interesting too. But um, you know, I actually met the folks at Aura or pretty early on in, in the first Kickstarter, and I tried the product and was just sort of blown away. Um, knew a lot about the wearable space. I decided to get involved um, first, just as an investor, and then just started helping them out more and more. Um, and next thing you know, like you know, business started to grow. We needed to start building a team out in the U.S. And, um, and, you know, luckily like about the board and, you know, everything worked out and the team wanted, wanted me to head it up, which was pretty cool. And so we've sort of split the team, like marketing, business development, um, we're doing out here in the U S and we're building, you know, some other functions as well, but Finland is really where the product genius is, you know, where we have, I think, awesome hardware engineers totally getting some of the background and their software engineers across, you know, great design all across of it. So I think we're, we're super lucky to have our roots there. And a lot of our company values and morals is established there. And the product concept started there. And now we're trying to bring it to life and get it, get the word out here in the U S too. Nice, man. I'm all about peaking in high school athletically. That's my, <laughs> that's what I do. Oh, okay. Hold on. This is the part where Luke goes into his 25 minute diatribe about how, you know, he won state and there I was <laughs> the Perfect. year was 19 <laughs> two, I mean, 2000. No, we can, for, I'll, I'll spare our listeners for, I think it would be the eighth episode in a row I'd be talking about high school football as a 36-year-old man. Uh, oh, like I'm, I'm totally legitimate in. Legitimate real-life Al Bundy. Yeah, you know, I get excited when I hear him all the time. I'm like, it's, it's great. Let's hear it. And then text just hits, you know, he goes into his, like, D that's where his trajectory shifted. Where D3 All-Star. booted off his high school football team to become a collegiate All-Star. Division three. Give me that. It, and nice. it's a joke because, you know, I played the least, <laughs> like, <laughs> memorable position. But, you know. In what? Football? Uh, lacrosse. Oh. Fiddlesticks. <laughs> Fiddlesticks. <laughs> Fiddlesticks when you got a stick and you use your getaway stick and you throw the ball. Yeah. See? And, yeah, you use your getaway sticks. Those are short-leg athletes. Uh -huh. you know? Anyway. 
Yeah. So getting back into it. Yeah, so let's barrel forward. So let's talk Aura. So I, I guess yeah. I knew, but I didn't know that this was a Kickstarter. I did not know that. Yeah, like I feel, because uh, yeah. it was something. Uh, I knew it was a Kickstarter because I think Harry Shaw was the one that told me that he had put mm-hmm. in on the Kickstarter mm-hmm. and he was waiting for it. And then when I showed up with it, he was like, oh, and I was like, no, I went to lunch with the CEO and he was like, oh. <laughs> he's like, you think you could help me get my Kickstarter ring? And he finally got it. Nice. The, uh, uh, no, actually, uh, we, so we, this is, we had a Kickstarter in our Gen 1 ring. So this is our second product. So the Gen 1 ring was, man, the Kickstarter was November of 2015. Right. Um, that's, that's what I'm thinking is way back yeah. then. Cause uh, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of a tech guy too. Just like, if I'm scrolling through blog articles, I'm passing up on anything that's fucking like, socially charged politically charged crossfit like everything that google pushes into my feed and then if like a tech piece comes up i'm fucking on it like i just enjoy that shit so i was plugged into this and pretty interested in it back then um but so i guess since then it's kind of evolved since i'm plugging in replugging in type deal yeah you know there's a there's a big emphasis on sleep here uh versus early in the gate was it was it like pushed out as kind of a general wearable fitness wearable has there been um, evolution there? Or yeah, no, good question. I think even out of the gate, it was still focused on sleep, okay. but I think the market also at the time, right? Like that was new for wearables, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, at that point, Fitbit was not tracking sleep. You know, most wearables did not do it. I think basis at one point they did. Um, my basis, which Intel bought and subsequently closed, but uh, yeah, they, they tried to act track the tracking sleep but yeah in the in 2015 now the emphasis was sleep um i think most people though were like shoot you know all these wearables are activity and so right. i think like now we've come full circle so the, the sleep parts just becoming more aware for our company and aware for the industry well there you go par for the course for the uneducated consumer well yeah. i mean <laughs> uh, like uh yeah. the the interesting thing and I, I always go back with um you know like uh, everybody's so focused on like the idea of like movement and exercise and hey i want to have this wearable to track like what's happening in terms of my active like awake lifestyle but yeah. i always thought like i'm hopefully i'm not on autopilot but i'm kind of cognizant like I know what I did for my training today and I know what I didn't do. I know what I'm eating. Like everybody hopefully has a, a, a cursory understanding of what they're doing when they're awake. I'm more fascinated by what happens when I'm sleeping. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? Because there? that I don't have any access for. I just go into this, you know, like close my eyes and fucking get ninja blow darted. And I always <laughs> thought that to have something that kind of, you know, takes you through, uh, you know, like takes you through these different sleep cycles and sees exactly what like your sleep health looks like. Mm-hmm. And, um, what, the, it, what, okay, fine. Go on. Just cut me off. No, it, it was right about <laughs> 2015 that, uh, you know, Sherry Ma, she started hired by the Golden State Warriors to be their sleep mm-hmm. doctor. So yep. then Andre Iguodala thanks her in his MVP speech, thanks her for taking over and giving him a perspective on sleep and performance later on in his career rejuvenated it. So, yeah, it parallels like performance and understanding and perspective and just the message of sleep getting out there. Well, I, uh, I, I was, I've always been a really good sleeper my, like my entire life. Like I could fall asleep anywhere, which I don't know if it's a good sleeper cause I can fall asleep so quick, but I've always yeah. just never had any sleep issues. Uh, I didn't realize the power of sleep until it was fucking stolen from me when we had the twins. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, so I these guys know this joke, but, uh, it's not really a joke, but, um, my wife, you know, we had twins in 2011 and I didn't sleep for any more than like 45 minutes at a time for about the next like three months. And all of a sudden, like 
everything fucking changed. Like, uh, like I, like it just, it was, um, it was something that like, I had always just kind of thought about sleep is like, yeah, you know what? Hey, I need to sleep perform and you don't realize it. And it's not until it's like, you're forced into this like sleep deprivation deal mm-hmm. of having kids that I realized how powerful it was for, uh, not only like recovery. Like I remember I reached back and I was like, what is that on my back? And I was like, I, I hit up Rob Wolf. I'm like, I got this fat on my back. He's like, oh yeah, that's uh, from cortisol. It's called dad fat. That's what you get from <laughs> from not sleeping as a father. And like all these key factors of like, uh, you know, muscle mass, like just everything fucking eroded. And um, I asked, and I remember talking with Rob about this and Rob's like, no, it'll come back once you start sleeping. Like that part of me, and Rob always made the funny joke. That's why having kids is a young, uh, is a young man's game. Like that's why we're yeah. designed to have our kids in our early 20s because he's like, you remember in your 20s, like you didn't really have to sleep that much. I'm like, no, we didn't no, sleep at all. No, it was awesome. You were fucking Wolverine. Yeah, yeah like I'd, I'd right. go out till two or three and four in the morning, like pop up at six or seven, go lift weights, have my whole day and just be like, oh yeah, I'm good. Get hit by an ax, I'm fine. Yeah, and now- By I'm the way, it. yeah, you see that in the data. Like um, if you look at the age cohort stuff, it's like you'll see that, you know, kids when they're 18, 20 years old, right? Um, you'll get two, three hours of deep sleep, you know, and deep sleep is like, you know, where that testosterone, where that muscle repair is happening, growth hormones released. And, you know, as you age, right, once you're past 50, like that's less than 40 minutes for most people every night, right? Like, and this is, you know, this is, this has been published over the last 10 years from medical journals. So it, it, there is something to that sleep like a baby. It's like crazy. You're getting a lot more REM sleep when you're a kid, your brain's consolidating memories. You get into the adolescent area, right? Your body's forming, putting on muscle, right? You know, those hormones are starting to release. Your voice might get a bit deeper, John. But, uh, you know, like I think, I think that's, you know, to crack. There's, there's something to that. <laughs> there's, there's the, the data says it and like we feel it. But then as we age, that's like when we're like, man, we're still trying to work out. I have two kids, have a job, right? And you're burning the can on both ends. And I think more, that's when it starts coffee. to get to people. Yeah. To stay heavily caffeinated. Well, I, I think the idea is that we're what we're searching for is how do I happiness? <laughs> uh, happiness is directly related to how much I can fucking sleep. I would agree with that's that. Why, yeah. That's why. That's why. Like, I laugh with Tex because Tex is like, "Oh, I'm going to go home and probably lays in a dark room, has a nightcap, walk around your smoking jacket, and go to sleep." <laughs> Me, on the other hand, it's fucking. fucking great time. It's fucking three thirty last night. My little boy comes in. You need a system, right? man. I swear to God, I like I hear his door open, slam. He comes in and uh, like you know taps my wife, whatever. I hear this like this, and then I hear this, Bleh! and he threw up oh. all over my wife. And my wife's like, "Oh God, it's in my hair!" <laughs> and uh, threw up all over the bed, like everywhere. Like lights are on. We're up there. I'm like, from like I think it was from like three to four fifteen. I was up cleaning up, getting this whole thing done. Got him in the shower, got him cleaned up, and uh, and then at like five thirty, the alarm goes off, and I'm like, "Well, time to get up and fucking start the day." And uh, I I just am like, uh, there has to be a way as a 40 plus year old dude to like somehow either through like uh, meditation through like, like there has to be a way to unlock it so that I can like get the quality of sleep that I had when I was a kid. Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like that's the gen three of the aura ring where it's like Lord of the Rings and you put it on and you disappear (laughs) and then you just go away and you sleep in a nice quiet space. Uh, Kid and the wife are gone. I mean, that's, is that on the product roadmap? (laughs) 
Harpsichord. Uh, that might be Gen Four. Okay. So, so when uh, when Span and I went to DC for the when I lost the ring, uh, like he was like, "Hey, do, you know, do you want to go out in this?" And I was like, "No, I just really want to go back to the room." Yeah, right. And then he said, "I like laid down." He goes, "Dude, you literally laid down and were asleep and didn't move." He's like, "I woke up and you're in the exact same position." And I was, I was like, "That's a little weird that you're checking my position." He's like, "I want to see if you were alive." He goes, "I want to go over and check to see if you were breathing." Dave checks the pulse. Uh, <laughs> Between the legs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Femoral artery? Yeah, yeah. femoral. Yeah. Femoral pulse. Well, it's he, a, he, he used it away with his face and his tongue, which is even stranger. <laughs> so the, uh, but like, it, it's uh, like, there has to be a way, because I mean, I like, like the, the aging that happens between like, you, you know, like if you see somebody between like uh, 20 and 30, they don't age a ton, even between 30 and 40, a little bit more. But when you start seeing like the aging between like 40 and 50, 50 and 60 and so on, it gets yeah. uh, so much more rapid. And, uh, you know, just talking with Parsley and just all the different people that I've looked at in the sleep game, it's directly related to your inability to sleep tends to age you faster. And, totally. um, yeah, you know, and I like, you, yeah. I, it's absolutely right, man. I think you, if you, if you look at that aging process, I mean, the closest thing we can see to that, it's like the chicken or the egg, are you getting older or is your sleep just getting worse? So then you're getting older. Right. And the data, the data shows that, which is crazy. Um, but like, I, I think what's, what's really interesting is like, right. We, you started off, I think in a way that, that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like when I was a kid, right. And trying to make the high school varsity team and, you know, soccer team, like I was like, shit, let me eat right. Let me work out harder. And it's those active conscious things during the day. Um, you know, now I think it's a little bit more popular, but like, had I known then that, dude, you could be doing all those things, but if you're not sleeping, you know, nine hours at that age, right. If you really want to recover, like it doesn't matter how hard you worked out. Cause you know, your muscles don't get stronger in the gym. That's when you break them down, right. They get repaired and stronger out of the gym, right. When you're recovering and sleeping. And so I, it's, it's fascinating to start like understanding the data and see it, how it plays out. Like I thought there was a good study year and a half ago. Um, and it was in nature. And what they just showed was actually the lack of deep sleep specifically was causing the early onset of Alzheimer's. That was, that was basically the takeaway from the paper. And it turns out during deep sleep, there's this plaque in your brain that's called beta amyloids. And that's when it's wiped away and cleaned away um, in your you know, lymphatic system for the brain, which is called the glymphatic system. So it's like, oh, sure. Exactly to your point, John. Like this we do not get that quality sleep as we age. Like we're going to start forgetting stuff. Right. Um, and, and you can, it's cool that we're starting to discover that all of this stuff is happening when we sleep. So how, I mean, uh, there has to be a way to kind of access that. Um, you know, the, uh, like, uh, my buddy, Cal Turley, who's been on the podcast, Cal's big in the medical marijuana, uh, or even recreational marijuana, uh, marijuana out in California and CBD company, uh, neuro yeah. XPF. And, uh, Kyle's convinced that, you know, like the human ca- cannabinoid system and, uh, THC and CBD and all this, like helps us reach back and like, you know, get this level of sleep that we've had. And I, I like when I looked at all the sleep studies that were, uh, like they analyzed the quality of sleep that was kind of the, the sleepness was induced through some form of chemical. Like, Hey, I, I smoked all this, uh, marijuana and now I'm super tired and I got get ninja blow darted or like the sleep yeah. from like alcohol. Like, Hey, I got super hammered and I does out. not work. Tequila, oh. not a sleep aid. No, that's enough. No. Uh, but not. like, um, <laughs> uh, what was the other one? We were talking with parsley about, uh, uh, the, 
What's the one? Um, the big uh, uh, fuck. I just had it and lost it. Ambien. Yeah, Ambien. Yeah. How, uh, Ambien. If you take Ambien, you can never get to or to REM sleep. And so when we started looking at all these different kind of substances, I think the only one that was ever proved to have any value was like GHB. But of course, you mm. know, a bunch of assholes had to put that in girls' drinks. And next thing you know, they they used to sell GHB at the health food store, which is wow. uh, what the the date rate drug because you get it and you just you know basically go comatose. Yep. But I, I constantly think there has to be something uh, like some like, you know, whether it be nutritional wise training, uh, hydration. I know Rob's big on this idea that like, uh, you know, salt intake. I mean, all these key factors for us to fine tune, because for me, I'm searching for how do I get that youthful sleep? Like, how do I yeah. get back to that? And I think the, the data is great. But at the end of the day, it kind of makes me a little anxious because you look at it and you're like, man, I only got 40 minutes of REM sleep last night. And I had I was woken up 18 times. Well, you know? There you go. That, that'll do it. <laughs> you're know? disrupted. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, I can talk about like what we've seen from our users, what's helped them, things that we've started to see and collect in the data. Yeah. Uh, well, how about maybe for that, Harpreet, just yeah. why do you think, and it's a great opportunity for Aura Health, but how, how come just being tired isn't like a data point for people socially as like, okay, what I'm doing requires intervention because... I'm fucking tired. I mean, honestly, like my view on that is like, this is a personal view, but um, I, I think in today's society, like we just don't really talk about how we feel anymore. Right. Like, I think like it's just become like we're distracted constantly. We're getting, you know, the average consumer is checking their phone. I think it's like 10 times an hour every six minutes. Right. Like how the hell do you know what you feel? Like if I took your dog, right. I don't know if any of you guys have a dog, but if I, I took know. my dog, all right. I took your dog and every six minutes I blew like a little bit of a whistle and gave it the tiniest of treat, like the tiniest, like, you know, those two calorie treats, like I cut it actually in a, in a, you know, in a six or a 10. Right. And every few minutes, your dog's getting disturbed and they have this little treat, right. Your, your dog's going to be so distracted because it's getting this anticipatory. It's waiting for it. It's taking that hit. And, and that same hit today is our, is unfortunately, right. All all the notifications, all the dopamine effects we get from checking social media, from responding to the text, from doing that, you know, doing that, that, that quick message or email. And that's unfortunately, I think what's happening to our brains. Right. And um, because of that, we're stressed out. We feel like shit, but we also just don't talk about it because we're so damn busy. <laughs> so to me, I think that's like a crux of the issue is like, if you look at, you know, poor sleep, I mean, let's actually use technology, look at Google, trends just google trends data you know you can see how many people are searching look in the u.s and look at literally when the iphone came out right um and look at the trends and, and queries for sleep versus like take something like running and like now sleep is growing faster outpacing like more people on the internet are searching for this because you're right they feel like crap they feel tired and they're trying to figure out what to do so i think it's it's great for us as a business it sucks for us as a society um, and, you know, I think we're just trying to help solve that problem because it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, it's, it's sort of nuts. Yeah, and I, for sure. It's, it's like a, it provides the data to substantiate maybe this emotion that slowly has crept in. And you're like, because it's not like an instantaneous effect, maybe as you're 
you're resting poorer. You know what I mean? It's just like you, it's a slow burn, the proverbial frog in boiling water, right? Yeah. Isn't that the yeah. old... Yeah. Uh, if you throw a, a frog in boiling water, he'll hop out. But if you put him in there when it's lukewarm, you heat it up slowly, he'll, yeah. he'll fucking boil. But now, like, you have... That's what's cool about the wearable stuff in this tech is, like, you're, you're, you're getting reliable, and we'll maybe talk a little bit about that, but reliable insight into the biometric information that is correlated with this thing... And maybe that's enough. That was like, that's what you needed to make the lifestyle intervention because a lot of this shit is lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um, and I, it's just, you know, like you, we've, maybe you gave us some notes here, like the, um, for athletes and like you were talking about with Sherry Ma, the benefits of legitimate sleep as it relates to performance are like better than any fucking supplement you could fucking take. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, Matt Walker calls it, and I think he hit the nail right on the head. The best, you know, performance enhancing drug, right? Like the 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 best legal performance enhancing drug, right? Like half your growth hormone and testosterone released in your sleep, right? Like how you how you actually put that muscle memory and consolidate those memories, right? To to have those fast reactions, all that learning happens in your sleep, right? Like in REM sleep, your your brain is playing back things from the day at three x speed. Right. So you can, Oh, it happened three times. Like you start to remember it more, right. Repetition is, is like, you know, a great way to start remembering things. So, um, I completely agree. It's like it, the reaction times for an athlete, just like how you feel, right. How clearly you think, how fast you actually respond and like the strength that you bring to it. Yeah. It's all like, it's sort of crazy that like, and we're just discovering the stuff now. Mm-hmm. So would you say that the, that the best benefit for the, uh, the or ring is the sleep tracking or, I mean, because it, it's much more than just a sleep tracker. I mean, you guys sure. have uh, yep. performance. I mean, you're, you're really going out and like, uh, you know, kind of trying to put like a complete wearable together. And I, you know, the fact that you're willing to push all the information and show how people that you're, you're collecting it for somebody like me is, uh, like is great. Cause then I can look at it and say, Hey, you know what? Like, uh, if this is how they're collecting it and they're constantly evolving their algorithms, because I'm sure the more data points you get, the more refinement it gets. That's yeah. like the, you know, and then if you can share that, but yeah, that's the, but can you take us through some of the, the features that, uh, you sure. know, are there yeah. kind of the, the stalwarts and then some of the things you guys are developing? Yeah, totally. Um, so no, I mean, look, we, we are longer term trying to develop like a, a more holistic, you know, product and platform. Um, not just sleep, but I, we do think sort of starting with sleep is a great thing because you do it every night. <laughs> so from, from like a product and a use case of checking data every night and getting people in habits, like it is, it's, you know, only 15% of the U S population works out on a weekly basis. I know like us in this room. Yeah. It's Wait, pretty, what was that? 15%, 15% of the population works out on the weekly. Wow. Weekly. Hang yeah. On. I'm not surprised, but still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They all fall now. It's programs. like, 40% pay for gym memberships, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I, I just read a whole thing on uh, on the genius of the. Uh, Piano key necktie? No, what's the gym where <laughs> where the, the glunk alert, where they like throw you out? Oh, Planet, Planet Fitness. Fitness. So, so they went through this whole, like, the whole fucking yeah, genius of Planet Fitness. How what they're doing is they lower the price point down to $10. It, it they're really giving is. like, like they purposely put something in place to turn away the type of people that will consistently come to the gym the most 
and then that you they, self-induce your shame with. Yeah, yeah. Well, like so, so they don't want so so their whole deal with like you know we don't want bodybuilders to like the glunk alert. We don't want those people to make you uncomfortable. Those people are the like the like or like well, not those. What do you people. mean you people? Oh, yeah. Don't I mean, call you, me that. I'm not a glunk. The people that that are kind of the bodybuilders that subscribe to that lifestyle are very consistent gym users, mm-hmm. and yeah. so by purposely driving those people out there guaranteeing that the people that come are not consistent users Mm -hmm. and then what they do is they do free pizza night once a month so that the people are like well i'm paying ten dollars a month but i did get some free pizza Mm -hmm. so they found free pizza yeah they got a free pizza night one night uh one night a month and uh but like there's like two or three things that they do for for their user retention they found the perfect price point where like 10 bucks people are like it's really not worth canceling. But I have a gym membership. But I got a gym membership, so I'm technically doing something, and I get some free pizza. So they purposely wow. drove away the people. Like, the whole thing is uh, was completely designed in this, like, uh, fucking genius marketing of, like, how to, like, get people to stay. And I think, like, I, I forgot how many how many gym o- or users they have, but it's pretty astronomical. Like, yeah, if, 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 if everybody that showed up, if everybody that showed up, that had a membership showed up to their like what do they got like um you know uh, thousands of locations it was like eight thousand people would show up per deal when they were going through it and they're just crushing it um you know playing off of what they realized was that people would rather have a gym membership than actually go to the gym we got some stats, stats. we got this is from January stat alert. 2018, Planet Fitness had 1,500 locations with an estimated 10 million members across Get all the fuck out. 50 yeah. 10 states. 10 yeah. million yeah. members. Yeah, paying 10 bucks a month. That's a lot of pizza. <laughs> That's a lot of pizza. <laughs> but how many people actually show up for the fucking free pizza? Yeah, no, like, uh, like yeah. It, but but it's great. They have free pizza night. I think they got a movie night. Like, it's just it's a fucking genius. And they were like, you know what? We'll alienate the people that will come to the gym consistently. You know, it's sad though. What I'm thinking is like, for the people that use it, it's better than nothing. What that buy the membership? I guess. What it, like, so it's better offering... to have a membership and not go than it is no, to not, not have a membership. No, not those people. The ones who are probably just fucking rubbernecking there looking around making sure they don't like people aren't looking at them and do a little bit of activity and then get the fuck out it's better than nothing now they should just sack up quit that gym membership go fucking buy a squat rack no i, yeah. I think maybe field strong or grindstone jack street and how they and stay that? in planet fitness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep that free pizza but uh, like <laughs> would it make sense and, and like i i always think like eventually what this would get back to is like what if uh what if there was a way for like a, a wearable to calculate the information that you'd done the day before? Like, let's say, for example, it like looked at like uh, how many calories. And I, I know this is next to impossible to track, but like, hey, this is how many calories you burned this day. This is how many you consumed. This is what your sleep looked like. And then it gave you almost like, hey, this is this is your minimal or minimum exercise input that you need to be able to like perform at a high level. So like, let's say you woke up and you were like, Hey, based off of yesterday or based off of this algorithm, you need to give me at least 45 minutes of exercise. So yeah. because to optimize these things uh, and then you're able to show. I, I, so honestly, that's like, it almost feels like you read a product roadmap. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, I mean, yeah. that's what I've that's, always looked at for like these yeah. wearables. I'm like, at some point they'll be able to calculate like, uh, 
um, ex, you know, uh, thermodynamics for like, uh, you know, intake versus burn, uh, stress, you know, however you march or look at it, like heart rate variability, sleep, they'll be able to yeah. kind of quantify all these to make a recommendation for people. And I think at some sure. point, if you're wearing so we, it yeah. and it recommends that, then yep. people have like a decision to make where like, Hey, I bought the wearable. It's telling me to do this to optimize health. I should probably do this. Yeah. No, look, I mean, we, so we try that in a very basic way today. I think like the way you're describing it's super advanced and, you know, I would say the hard part there is the input of like food. I think like I haven't seen, we haven't seen, you know, people really hit that on the head yet. I do know a couple of guys that are super smart, you know, working on the space of like taking a picture that's going to be much more volumetric. Plus this looks like this, this ingredients are this. So this is likely what your calorie consumption is but haven't seen that yet. But what we do try to do is actually just the, the other part of, Hey, you're recovering. Your sleep looks like this. This is what your heart rate variability looks like. Like your calorie burn this day should be this. So try to burn 600 calories today. And what we haven't done, all we've done is like broken it down, just basic steps. What we want to start doing is like, you're talking about, Hey, you hit the gym a lot. Maybe you like to do, you know, we can pull in some of that data from health kit, this different type of exercise squats, rows, whatever it is, compound lifts, right? And then we try to prescribe that. I think I think ultimately that's where the space is gonna go. So I think the prescription based on your recovery is is definitely part of it. But if we could get your input from the consumption through the day before, that would be awesome. It's it's just that that part has been really, really hard. I would say not a lot of progress has been made there in the industry. Couldn't there be couldn't there be a calibration like no no one's gonna fucking do this first off. But I mean why not chat about it like you calibrate and you try to like maintain a specific type of consumption pattern mm-hmm. intake wise and yeah. um we have the data about heart rate and duration of heart rate and specific like training zones and if you were to step on the scale like every day for fucking 30 days or something right so we're we are missing the input of actually calories in but we have an expenditure rate we're trying to keep calories relatively flat couldn't it give you like a a target metabolic rate at that point if you did like a 30-day calibration well you know they measure basal metabolic rate with like breath so you can go into that breath deal um i like which probably cheaper and easier yeah no but like (laughs) like they're like because you gotta think there's like the wilkes i mean there's so many different equations and different ways to attack it but I like I think there's a way I mean, and I'm sure dude, there's somebody will figure it out. Like, I'm sure there's a way to, to be able to track um, like not only what your heart rate variability looks like, but also like how many calories you burn for the heart rate that you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always remember thinking like, all right, hey, like the fitter I am, uh, the harder I can push the longer duration and I can burn more calories because I have a higher percentage of, uh, of lean body mass. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought there, there has to be a way to track this. But unfortunately, we're only limited by what we can track in the inputs and then how smart somebody makes the algorithms. And then if you have a larger enough cross section to be able to implement it on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I bet well, you when you guys have 10 yeah. million users, all of a sudden now you're going to have, uh, you know, a room full of guys that are just figuring out how to fine tune these different algorithms. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think I think the problem is like the you have intra and inter variability. So like, you know, we change as people like, you know, if you if you gain or lose weight, right? Like, you know, and to gain either that last 10 pounds or lose that last 10 pounds, right? Like, it, it's not a linear equation. Um, right? So that's I think that also is hard, like you're changing all the time. So like, 
that that prescription you might have may work for that month, right? Of you're on the scale every day, let's say you're consuming 1600 calories, you know, or, you know, 1800 calories, you're in deficit of whatever it is, 600,000 calories, you know, per day. And you're trying to, you're seeing how much weight is coming off. Um, you know, but then that eventually will plateau and will slow and you won't keep going from there. And, you know, a lot of times, like that's, I think a lot of the harder parts. Um, but I think tracking, I think tracking is just part of it. Like what we have found, you know, how we sort of started off, like most people know actually when they work out hard, like how they like, Hey, I put it in today. Right. I, I, I went after it and I, I busted my butt. Um, most people somewhat, I would say more, maybe less people do know like how much they ate and what was the quality of the food and how many calories they consumed. That's a little bit harder than maybe just busting your ass in the gym. Like it takes a little bit of thinking, um, and doing some, Hey, how many, you know, how many calories are in a gram of protein, fat, carbs. And some people are aware of that. And I think the harder part though is like, yeah, how did you sleep and recover? Right. Like that's, you're not awake for it. You're not conscious, right. You're literally sleeping. So like, like you said, you, you don't know how you, how you, how you slept. You, you think you have an idea. Maybe falling asleep is good. Fast is good. Actually it's that, that normally means you're too tired if you fall asleep in less than five minutes. Um, so I think like every single day per- for me for the last 20 years, every single day. Yeah. Yeah. When did you have, when did you have the twins? Uh, seven years ago, but I played in okay. the NFL for many years before that. We didn't sleep. So I was, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. probably 20 years. Yeah. So I think like, like we, our view has been like, all right, let's work backwards on something most people don't know. Like, okay. Don't know how they slept. And we know as a society, we're getting worse and worse sleep. Right. So focus on that, give some people some insights. And then what we find is just by providing some simple data from to sleep to heart rate variability that people are then starting to adjust their workouts, starting to adjust how much they eat the next day. Um, you know, I always thought this one was fascinating, you know, six hours, less than six hours of sleep, your ghrelin, your, your, you know, your ghrelin and your leptin totally change first eight hours. So like, you're going to crave more food, right? Ghrelin, your hunger hormone. And then when you eat it, right, your leptin's going to not have as high of a response. So you, your leptin's actually down. So you don't feel as full. And I always used to wonder like, why do I, when I travel, why does everyone eat so much in airports? It's because like you're not sleeping, you're stressed out, and your body chemically is telling you eat more. And then when you eat it, you don't feel as full. Um, and so I, I feel like now I've become a little bit more aware of that. If I do get six hours of sleep or five and a half hours of sleep, I'm like, man, I'm going to crave shittier food today, right? So be a little bit more careful. Um, and so I, I think right now it's like, yeah, we started with sleep. People do it every day. Like even, even the people who are at the Planet Fitness, you know, going to, going to the pizza party, they're still sleeping every day. Um, let's get them started there and then start to go on that journey of, you know, there's probably mental. We sort of look at health and, and wellness and, and four different pillars, right? So sleep, um, you know, the recovery part, your mental health, right? Meditation, if you want to think about that, right? Then sort of activity and diet. And I think they're, they're all on our roadmap as a company and we want to be able to holistically bring it in, you know, into your... And into the ultimate product. And we're just starting sort of step by step. But I think, you know, we want to do each one right. And we want to be able to communicate that to the user and have, you know, feel really good about the data, feel really strong about the product uh, before we start trying to do five different things at once. Yeah. And I guess sleep's almost one of the, of your four pillars, the easiest to create a behavior change, right? Setting an alarm to go to sleep or cut off technology, which then you create that habit shows you can some power there. And then, you know, focus on the next one, the the headspace or meditation every day. Um, yeah. And then you, it's that smallest adjustment to have the biggest change. Exactly. It's a mi- micro changes, right? It's a lot of the small micro changes that lead to the big changes. It's, it's a lot of it is discipline. Um, 
you know, it's the same thing with lifting, right? Same thing with working out, right? It's like, okay, you start adding a little bit of volume, a little bit of sets, a little bit less rest. That's going to create the big change. I mean, you go in the next, if you go in the gym tomorrow and you try to do it double the weight or double the time or triple the, just not going to work. Right. But that those little micro changes, right. Totally just compound over time. Nice. It's so not easy though. Why, uh, <laughs> why a ring? Yeah. Versus that, good question. Something else. Uh, I don't know. Necklace. So yeah. Um, when we were creating the product, um, what we looked at was, Hey, what would people be willing to wear that still gets really accurate data? Um, most wearables, including us, we're, we're all using some form of optical sensors, right? And so it's like, okay, we're trying to derive heart rate and other things using, using LEDs for the most part, tiny little LEDs. Um, and Apple and Fitbit, you can see them, the colors, they use green, sometimes they use red. Um, you know, and then for us, we're using infrared. Um, and the reason we chose a finger is what we found is that the pulse from the finger, the strength, is about 50 to 100 times stronger than that of the wrist. So the data is super clear. And, and it's like, it's intuitive if you think about it, like, you know, if you cut yourself on the inside of the wrist, right, 10 times more blood will flow out here, right, than sort of where your wristwatch sits, right, on the other side. That's because you have arteries there. Those arteries carry more blood, right? So the blood volume going through arteries is really high. And then those same arteries go into your palm and your fingers, and that's like, and the skin's super thin. Right. So that's like the arteries are close to the surface. That skin is thin. Doesn't matter, you know, sort of what the color of your skin is. Like me, I'm, you know, Indian, my skin's brown, whatever you want to call it. Right. But even my palm looks the same as your guys' palm. Right. So you get a nice, strong signal, arterial blood flow, super close to the surface of the skin. And, you know, that's a, there's a reason why every hospital in the ICU is measuring your heart rate and your SPO2 on your finger. Because, you know, they could have chose any site, but they're like, hey, the finger's great. The ear is good, too. We tried ears, but, like, you know, people don't want to wear headphones to bed. Like, you sleep on the side, it gets uncomfortable, um, right? And also, then, you're not going to wear them all the time during the day. But, you know, there's some interesting work out there. Apple's filed a couple patents on that. Um, you know, wrist, wrist is interesting because people buy watches. You know, 700 million watches are sold every year. Um, I think, you know, more than half are digital. So, if you think about that, like, Holy shit, there's 300 million, 350 million digital watches sold each year. If we're just 10% of that, that's a massive market. But it turns out no one wants to wear that to bed. Um, you know, they're not super comfortable. Um, I would also say then the other part is the pulse signal is so much weaker. So you have to do a lot more data extrapolation, a lot more cleaning of the data. Um, there's a lot more missing data there. Um, and then we also, you know, chest straps are interesting. You know, we looked at a toe ring even. Don't get too excited about other forms of rings, but uh, I don't mean you said toe ring. Toe, toe ring, yeah. Text big toe ring guy. Yeah, spring break yeah. when you got Bahama braids and a toe ring. Remember that? White jeans? Yeah. Shorts. White, White jeans. Shorts. So, yeah, Tex went down to the Caribbean and came back with Bahama braids and a toe ring. Nice. Yeah, we put on a hell of a SSA seminar down there. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you go down there in college? No, I, I did that when I was working for you. It was your call. You couldn't make it. To the Bahamas? Yep. Where'd you go? Uh, you know, the, the island. Top part. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? No. Yeah, the, the, the lost seminar of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we got the seminar booked. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Huh. I mean, we got paid on that one. Don't tell John. No, it was in the first six weeks of cash. It was all blur for you. <laughs> you signed off on a couple trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Texas basically traveled the world on our dime. He's like, oh, I'm going to Oktoberfest. I was in. Four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. true story. I'm like, hey, 
People helping people. Hey, as long as I helped you, I was doing sleep research of how do you stay up for (laughs) 30 hours and then go rage with Luke in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember, Uh, I was really sad that I didn't get a chance to go to Cape Town. Mm hmm. Well, sack up, buddy. Why didn't Why didn't you go? Um, I had to teach another seminar at another place. I think that's false. No, I thought we had a yeah. uh, we, we had a double header. It was March 2014. So I don't we, know we where had a double were. header. I thought, and I chose to go to like Arizona. And you went to it was St. Patty's Day mm-hmm. in uh, 2014. Wow, look at that memory. Yeah. I think well, Tex just, uh, he, he like makes, uh, or just kind of attaches everything to holidays and my scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a big scrapbooker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. With your Bahama braids. Okay. So serious question. Are yeah. we ever going to, okay. So these wearables, there's, you know, these margin, margin for error, there's competing real estate, I guess. Like, let's say you, yep. you have a specific ring style you like, and none of these fit the bill or same with the watch, right? Are sure. we ever approaching like a rechargeable implant type of accessory? Yeah. Actually, a Berkeley guy um, is uh, Professor Michelle Maharbiz. Um, he's he's working on a, I think the company's called Iota Science. I think that's what they're working on. Like, a, I haven't looked at the battery life, but yeah, something that's so small, implantable, right, that is tracking you're, a bunch of You're stuff. saying you put it like... Yeah, like, like you the would few, in the movies. Yeah, and then like yeah. I guess you would have like a government tracking device under your skin, <laughs> and then but it would be wireless well, charging. So hang on, this is my theory so far. And then you would put like a charging mat on it to charge it for the day or something. I'm just making stuff up though. I don't even know if this is real. Harpreet could probably tell me if that's legitimate technology. No, I think there's people working on it um, for sure. I mean, right? We we have pacemakers, right? They now mm-hmm. the battery life is is not like infinite. Um, but I, I think, I think it's also hard. Like, do you really want to get a surgery and how expensive is that surgery to get that implantable? Like, I just want to know how many issue. steps I'm actually getting. <laughs> where, where do you feel the best place on the body is for? Is it like at the back of the neck? Like those oh, mind? Like, like, like what's the best collection site? Yeah. Uh, inside oh, the man. nostril. That to be in the nose, like in a total recall, you know, when they like put the thing in the nose. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of movie options here. God, there's the one, The Matrix, where it's an, actually a bug. Yeah. Like it was in his belly button? Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> what it was? Fuck, Dude, I always I'm remember, uh, don't, don't you remember in Total Recall when he sticks a thing in his nose and he's like pulling that thing out of his fucking yeah. head and it's uh-huh. uh, that traumatized me. I just remember <laughs> as a kid. You I was know what like, else was in Total Recall? Three boobs. That did not traumatize <laughs> me. <laughs> it's like, like dad, the one dude's like, I wish I had three hands. Well, I can remember like watching that in my living room with my old man. And he just goes, whoa, three boobs. And I'm, my mom like tried to cover my eyes, you know, one of those. Man, what a, what a what, time to be alive. Yeah, it, that was the golden age. Remember the thing where they actually had to make all these special effects versus computers? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great time for movies. <laughs> I disagree. What were we talking about? You Avatar. disagree? Avatar is not a great thing. Uh, not as enjoyable. I'd rather watch Total Recall ten times than rewatch Avatar. What? Yes. For Avatar, some reason, I've I seen... think the box office disagreed with you, but that's separate. yeah, right. Uh, I can't wait when, for the next when is Avatar the box, movie. When has the box office ever been right? <laughs> I can't wait for the next Avatar movie. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, James Cameron when he went on uh, who was it like Oprah or one of those TV shows and he was speaking the Navi yeah language. He's crazy. Isn't it Avatar wow. Spring Break? Where it's like all the avatars decide to just go to like Palm Beach and hang out and 
to wear toe or rings? <laughs> no, they wow. don't have them in that size. Those avatars are huge. Oh. At that point, I would, I would definitely have like a have something, you know. Yeah, so I'll, I'll text uh, Harpet and be like, "Hey, are you ever gonna make men's sizes? Because man, I'm gonna need at least a 13 or a 14 to get on these fingers. That we we, we have a my 13. Pinky ring. We have a 13. We don't have a 14 guy. So working. Uh, I guess there there aren't as many people as you would think. Maybe you just hang out with a bunch of big guys. Who <laughs> yeah. out, so. No, no, Harpreet, we had but, this problem like when I first came on and I uh, kind of worked my into way into like helping with selling T-shirts online and stuff. I go into our stock room and it's all fucking like 55 2XLs of every shirt and then like six larges. He's like, what? It's for normal size people. I'm like, dude, 2XL is not normal size. Normal size people are medium and large. And you're like, huh? What? I was like, I don't even, I, I, I would never even buy a large shirt. And you're like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. Like, I remember it's the most like, popular size in America. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought double X was. I thought everybody wore double X. Um, but no, I, 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 I think, you know, as far as your question in planables, it definitely seems like that's where the future probably will go. Um, but I, I don't think most people, it's, it's not going to be cheap, right? Any medical yeah, right. procedure, unfortunately cost a shit ton. Um, and you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to go to that depth. Um, so well, maybe something it, goes wrong, the battery, you know, what, like it, it'll eventually, it eventually has to reach like, okay, so we'll start off like cell phones. Like if you want to go to Verizon, you can only get a Verizon phone. But now they have bring your own device, so they'll have implant sure. your own device. Well, so you become what was your it, own the, medical the professional. Where the batteries exploded? What yeah. if you get one of those versions? The Note Three exactly. of yeah. implantables. I'll be. I will be fine. Fragile people like you, I would be very concerned about. <laughs> it, wow! What are you scared of attacking me? You, you're not, hurting his feelings. He, He's look at him. Say, I need a safe space, John. <laughs> uh, we don't have those here. You're in the safe space. And this is called Burn the safe is space. Off. <laughs> Burn man. Burn man's on. Burn, no, Burn, Burn man is off. Uh, man. Okay. So RP, <laughs> bringing it back. Um, yeah. What else haven't we talked about, man? I mean, it, it, yeah, no, well, I wanted to get, all right, John, you asked a good question earlier. I, we got sidetracked a bit, but um, you were asking, um, Hey, aside from sleep, what are what are people really using your ring for? Yeah, um, using your your device for. So I would say um, heart rate variability is a big one um, because of that ring form factor and because of that strong pulse signal. We are able to capture every single heartbeat throughout the whole night. Um, so, and we we did have the abstract published in Sleep, the medical journal, um, last year, showing that actually that that heart rate variability was ninety eight percent correlated uh, to an EKG. Which is great. So yeah, we're trying to get we're trying to get that published. You know, and the medical journals aren't fast, but uh, we are trying to get that published at some point. The full paper that that's one thing we feel really good about because it is you know it's uh, it is it's medical it's medical grade when it comes to HR and HRV um, for over for overnight. You know, I think during the day there's a lot of accuracy issues with wearables. Like we we actually have shied away from showing you heart rate during the day um, because you know with optics there's so much movement. Right, that most people, like including ourselves, when we're going to do it, and even others, you're probably only getting 10% of the data right while you're moving, maybe even less. Um, and so, a lot of people are extrapolating, and um, on, that's like I think caused a lot of mistrust in, in the consumer issues. And so, we were like, you know what? Let's put data out there that we can stand behind, that we can provide raw data for, that we know is accurate. Um, and, you know, we will get into some of the other stuff during the day, but our first version will be like a meditation mode. Hey, sit down, be still, 
take your heart rate, your heart rate variability. And again, we're going to stand, you know, very confidently behind the accuracy of that data. Um, but I would say most people are using it for sleep, for recovery, and then they're fine tuning their workouts during the day based on it. We have a couple NFL, you know, SNC coaches using it. Can't say which teams yet. Um, but you know, I think it's publicly been out there. Like Drew Brees is, is using the ring as well. He's been, you know, I would say he, he takes sleep super seriously. Uh, so we're starting to get some interest from the, the athletic side as well. Um, which is, which is pretty cool to see. Like that's, you know, sleep is sleep is their weapon, right? Like I forgot who you said on the Warriors said it, but you know, even, even LeBron has said this, right? Like sleep is one of his weapons for staying in the league and crushing it every year for as well, as well. And as long as he's done. So when it comes to activity or trying to monitor heart rate data during activity, is, is the chest strap the way to go? I mean, yeah. Yeah. If you want really accurate data, I mean, uh, about a third of our team actually used to work at Polar. Mm -hmm. uh, so Polar, you know, was making chest straps in the late seventies. Um, they were, they are probably still looked at as the gold standard. So most medical research that's using a uh, chest strap is using a Polar. Um, and they're from Finland, just like our, our company is as well. Actually, our chief scientist was, was at Polar for 17 years before as their principal scientist. So, um, yeah, I would say like, luckily we got some really good people, um, you know, that have experience doing this in Finland, which is awesome. Um, but a chest strap is the gold wearable, uh, or the gold, yeah, the gold wearable, the gold standard for getting that, that heart rate data when you work out. Right. Um, but a bit intrusive say, to wear throughout the day or even sleep in like, yeah, yeah you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Yeah. Consumers won't do it. Um, you know, I think, I do think the harder thing is like, what do you do with that data during the day? Um, because there is a lot of noise, right? Like, you know, John's pissing you off today. Text, right. Like there's not a safe space. Your, your heart rate's going up. Right. Um, he's kind of uh, an emotional roller coaster, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the cornucopia but, were more emotion over here. Luke Summers. I'm That's all fake. That's <laughs> just fake it. Cause people need it. Need that dose of emotion. Yeah. But your heart rate, you know, could also be up because you didn't get much sleep and your kid threw up on you last night. Your heart rate could be up, you know, during the day because you had two cups of coffee instead of one, or maybe you had a bigger lunch. And so I think like there is, it's also hard for the consumers. We've seen that are collecting some people that are wearing chest straps all day long. Like that's almost so much data. I don't know what to do with. Um, but you know, I would say that's, that's what we've heard from consumers when we've been doing some consumer research versus like, Hey, looking at that trend night to night, Oh man, I had those two glasses of tequila. It's like pretty clear throughout the whole night that all of a sudden my heart rate is jacked by 20 beats. Uh, right. And I feel like crap the next day. Uh, so I think like what we have started to see is by looking at sleep, sleep actually reflects the cumulative stress of your day. And you're able to think about, Hey, actually, yeah. What, what happened yesterday that I slept like crap. My heart rate was up. My heart rate variability was down. So we're, we're, we are seeing a lot of people just adjust their patterns or choices they make during the day based on the data they look at, you know, in their sleep. Nice. Okay. You got anything else? Text, John? No, I'm... Um... I, one quick question in terms of, you know, there are a lot of different products out there. So do you assign people on your team to, to try this and then the next week try this product or do they wear them both at the same time? What's kind of the, the research amongst the other products or do you just focus solely on the ring? Uh, great question. Yeah. I would say so many members of our team are just trying multiple things at the same time. Um, 
even multiple of our own products at the same time. We have some people in our testing team are are wearing like five. Can you guys hear me still? I yeah, we got I you. Cut out. Yeah. Um, uh, are wearing like four or five rings just to like test different things on them, different types of are you, you know, software. Are you dual yielding right now? Uh, I am. Yeah, I can. I can nice give you double, double middle finger. Oh, <laughs> um, How come no but, pinky uh, rings? No pinky rings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That that I tend to get more comments on when I do. So I, I, I've got. Well, you don't really strike me as a pinky ring type of guy. I'm not a pinky ring type of guy. Yeah, okay. bullshit. Text, okay. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you guys are kind of pinky ring guys. Me? I'll take. I mean, I'll take one. He's a pinky pointer. He Luke points with his pinky. Ooh, you know, I had a sign that just gave me like a flashback <laughs> to freshman year science class, Mr. Westbrook. Big pinky ring or pinky pointer <laughs> to the board, like he just had this whole. Boom to the chalkboard with, with the pinky. Boom, and for our listeners, it's like a slow raise, like a crane. Did he go boom? Follow through like a jump shot. Well, no, like a but dart, like you're throwing a dart, like you're throwing a dart, but pinky on the chalkboard. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were chalk. I think I was a chalkboard guy. Yeah, in high school. Yeah, uh, transparencies. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Projectors. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. good stuff. Kids today won't, won't even know. Oh man! And dittos. Like, don't don't you remember the ditto sheet? Check. The transparency is like uh, I can remember. Scantrons. Like, yeah. yeah early early grade school, they you know you'd put one on there and you the teacher would stack them and like the stacking would create like some oh, sort of oh yeah yeah I do recall storyboard that. or something. Man, what a time to be alive! Paper mache boobs and overhead transparencies. Paper mache yeah, boobs. But- what are you talking about? <laughs> Total, Total recall. Yeah. You think those? You think you those were recall pa- when we were talking you about that, that earlier? Were paper mache. Hang on. Whoa, are you telling me that was real? <laughs> they weren't paper mache. What else would you mean? A bunch of bags of sand. But to answer your question, yes, we we <laughs> Thanks, test RP. multiple. Yeah, we we test multiple products. Um, we look at them at the same time. Um, I would say also, like you know, we see when people are ordering our like. We've had we you know we've had rings shipped to Google's headquarters, Apple's you know a bunch of other the competitors too. So I think everyone in the industry does it just to keep up on what everyone else is doing. And and look, I think that's good for the consumer, right? I think we learn from each other. Hey, how did someone do? That? Oh, that's pretty cool. Let's try to do that too, right? Um, I think ultimately that that ends up resulting in the best consumer product. I'm sure it happens in every space, right? Like if Blue Bottle is making coffee, they're probably figuring out. What the hell is Stump Down doing or something like that? You yeah. don't want to blue bottle those hipster scumbags every time. Uh, blue, blue bottles is placed in San Francisco that when you go in, they actually treat you like uh, you're doing them a favor by them, by you ordering their <laughs> coffee. So I, I huh? go to like blue bottle and you're like, hey, can I? No, we don't make it like that. I'm like, what? And they're like, uh, like it's, it's unbelievable. Like they I, like I almost, recently had that experience. They almost punish you. And like, like I, like I went in there. I'm like, this is the worst customer service ever. People are like, yeah, it's part of their deal. <laughs> I was like, fucking these fucking hipster fucks need to just pour me a fucking americano and get me get out of there. I, I got a cool. I, I, I want to go to one today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you back, John. And we're gonna we're gonna actually like, do you, have you yeah. order. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you go in there, and they like uh, they like kind of are like belittle you a little bit. Like I, I said, the guy was like, uh, you know, I want a americano. I went through it, and the guy was like, mm, hot water in there, huh? I was like, what? I was Cafe like, latte. I, I was like, well, just Crystal give me a lemon. big fucking, Sweet I was like, just give me a big fucking espresso. The problem is I'm going to pound the espresso and I want to be able to enjoy it. And then like, yeah. uh, and then I, I went to go buy some beans and I was like, ah, can I get one of those five pound bags? He's like, no. 
We only sell them in one pound bags. I'm like, but you have five pounders there. He's like, those are internal use only. Like it was unbelievable. Maybe they don't have that product skew in their point of sale nah, system, John. Just, it's, you know? it's fucking, it, they just treat you like it's just not good customer service. I think you're just making unreasonable requests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to buy your fucking coffee. Give mm, me some coffee. Are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they probably point you at, oh, this guy's a five pound bad guy. Yeah, this guy's, they, this guy. the guy's pointing at me with a finger. Yeah, oh, his pinky? <laughs> well, he, he, the problem is he, he couldn't walk the fast because his pants were so tight and they were pegged. He felt yeah. like he was going to explode. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I'd like to see is a like a fan of sport. Yeah. Rings on the quarterbacks during a football game or, you know, the Le- LeBrons or the point guards or the guys that have like ice cold veins and seeing kind of the stats that you're collecting yeah. during peak competition. No way. I'd rather see the dude that climbed that Don Wall. Uh, well, it, uh, any any athlete. Know, the, the, like the, yeah. I mean, in but, their their flow state, we have the all this data collected and it's just like, man, is, uh, I'd, I'd just be interested in seeing that stuff. I'm also wondering too, like there, there's really no control for this stuff. Like we don't really have, uh, like we weren't collecting this data before technology, like, like you were talking yeah. about, like, you know, the average user checks their phone every six minutes. So we don't really know what the baseline of what normal looks like anymore. Yeah. Um, like for heart rate variability and for all these key factors. So we're collecting it in real time in technology, but I, I like, a big part of me wants to know what it looked like 25 years ago. Like if we could go back, you know, in Luke's time portal, and, you know, and step back and go out and say, hey, could we collect this? Senior set? year. Yeah. He's, he's, high school. I'm, I'm back in high school again. <laughs> like if we could go back in time and collect data um, without the technology piece, or if there was a way to do studies with people were like, you're going to go live in 1986 again. And yeah. we're getting rid of your phones. You're not going to have a, you're, you're actually, um, my kids think it's hilarious too. My little girl. So I, we were talking about this morning where, uh, the fact that I tell them and I show them pictures of what our phones look like before we had cell phones. They were like, so wait a minute, plugged into the wall. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> they were like, and then you picked it up and I show them the pictures and you had to actually dial. And then the person picked up and said, hello. And then you were like, Hey, this is John is is Dan there? Can we go out and ride bikes? And his mom would be like, okay. And then hang up. And then we would ride bikes and meet like this shit. They laughed. They're like, that's so crazy. Like, how did you, uh, like, was there FaceTime? Was there any, I'm like, no, you had to call people and then go see them. They were like, oh, it's fucking crazy. So like, I'm just imagining like if we could collect data and look at like, well, I'm actually, what, what I'm kind of surprised on is if we could go back in time and collect it, we'd realize that all this shit is fucking killing us. We're like, I, honestly, it's like, I think we don't even need to go that far back in time. Just look at the stuff that's out there. So hundred years ago, we used to get nine hours of sleep on average from like what we can find in medical journals, which we used to record. I think now 50 years ago, uh, it was even as like, it was like an hour and a half greater than the average American sleeps now, just 50 years ago. Um, and then I look at it and say, why is type two diabetes, pre-diabetes, Alzheimer's, you know, all these chronic disease, you know, two, two out of three of us are on, you know, in this call or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Right. Half of two of us will ultimately die from some type of chronic disease, right? Hypertension, right. Some type of cardiac disease, Alzheimer's, right. Is going to hit us, right. Or, or diabetes, just looking at the stats. And that wasn't the case 50 years ago, right. That wasn't the case even 20 years ago. So like, to me, like John, like the, the data is out there. Like, it's, it's really, really sad, right? We have a $3 trillion, you know, healthcare spend in the U S now and the chronic diseases are like at an all time high. 
man. And I, so I just recently had a medical exam and that's what frustrates me about this shit is like all of it's like metadata actuarial, but I would consider myself pretty, pretty healthy dude. Like I, I am deliberate about getting sleep over the past couple of years. Eat I'm, liver. I'm deliberate about the, the ma- macro and micronutrient approach daily. Like yeah. many of us who follow this program or follow the podcast and like you guys in here, like it, I would say out of a four weeks, maybe I'll slip one or two days. Right. And it's fun, but I get treated as the same fucking BMI yeah. dude who's not doing any of that shit in terms yeah, of and, what my policies cost. And, and all they do is measure your BMI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I mean, then with your BMI, it's like why not measure my bicep? Yeah. You know. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. so when they did your BMI for that, you were obese, right? Yeah, twenty seven or uh, something yeah. like that. Or twenty one. Yeah, pre thirties obese. Pre yeah, thirty. Yeah, pre pre obese. Twenty seven thirties obese. But then uh, yeah. th- and then they do a waist measurement as well. So I looked up like, oh fuck, are they? You know, I, I came in at 32 waist and they I'm like, is that going to work in my benefit? But they don't have a lower scale. It's only if you exceed uh, 41 inches, does your premium go up? So not doesn't matter that I'm five foot 11 and a half, huh? five foot 10 in your high school football <laughs> program. It doesn't have that five foot 10, 210 yeah. pounds with 32 inch waist. Like they don't give a fuck. All they care about is that my BMI is this. Yeah. And like, but I get it. Yeah. Like, I understand well, it. But you have to remember, like, on we're in a very small population for the totally most get part. It. Yeah. BMI like, is like if for the most part the BMI, like if you looked at like waist, neck, and BMI measurement, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, like it's pretty fucking accurate. I totally agree stuff. with you, John. Now yeah. all of a sudden there's these outliers that fit within it, but for the most part they're mm-hmm. dealing with, and that's and you gotta remember with insurance they're looking at like Risk. Huge, yeah, risk. Yeah. Huge numbers. So it just makes sense. And, you know, you don't, I think like the actuaries just throw out the fucking, uh, mm-hmm. um, the bell curve, like the, you know, the outliers. So, um, if, uh, see that, that's another interesting piece too. If you talk about like, uh, if it ever gets to the point where like, Hey, you're collecting this information and like, Hey, I've worn this ring. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you're getting into something like the health market with insurance where now Total. people it's are incentivized and then even corporate wellness, like there's all yeah. a ton. Yeah, for sure. Like pedometers. Look, I, I, the, the world is going that way. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we will hopefully in our generations, I'm just checking how much battery I have left. So if I, yeah, all right, no, I'm good. good. If cool. If I, if I cut out, it's just because my, my battery died on my phone, but um, look, th- this is where the world is going. Right. I think um, if, if you do think about having that kind of data and trying to price risk, like, but, John was saying, we got to collect it all first. Right. Right. Like, and make we, we, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, but eventually having a lot of this every single day data, right. Um, across many different types of data points and looking at that against historical claims, right. We'll be able, I think the insurance industry will be able to create much better, much better risk models. Right. And then vice versa. Like, Hey, we can get smarter. You know, and this is the problem today with the insurance industry. Right, you're changing insurers. The average person's changing insurers every two to three years when you change a job. So, like, why would United want to go spend all this money saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, actually, your your heart rate variability is low, right? You're, you don't get enough sleep, and they want to invest and like make you better and get you seeing a coach and pay for some of that, right? They don't. I mean, the, the problem is you're out of the system two years later, right? Um, and so, you know, like, all right, sweet, now your Sigma's problem. Get, you know, I don't care, <laughs> right, right. right? Um, and so I think I think that's a little bit of a problem today. I'm, I'm not saying like politically I'm for a single payer, but it, it, it's an issue in like how we think about it just as, as a society. Um, I, I do think, though, that the employers are going to get smarter 
right? Like ultimately, like they're the ones who are suffering because they're actually putting the bullet bills, right? For most of this, right? Like, you know, most employers are covering, you know, 60% of whatever it is, 70% on average in the nation. If you look at the Fortune 500, the medical cost per year for the employees. So I do think like they're going to get smarter about it, but it'll probably take some forward thinking ones, man. Like it'll probably take like, the Googles or, you know, whoever it might be of the world that, that can spend the money doing the research, collecting the data and showing, hey, our guys who sleep five to six hours a night perform like shit, actually are out sick way more often, unhappy, and they get worse reviews, right? And so, like, you know, they still got to hire and interview those people. And so, like, that's like, we don't, you know, how can we now create a better environment, get them healthier so they can contribute, you know, be more productive, be out of the office less, be healthy, right? I, I think I think it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of data on pilots to prove it, but that's definitely where this world is going. Yeah. And then, that, you know, we didn't really even talk about just socially where you, if you are on the grind or like big deadline, high product output, something you feel that you need more hours in the day. And then that ultimately erodes into your sleep and then ultimately makes you less productive. Whereas totally. if you would just take less time doing that shit, spend more time with the mentals, more time with the physical, more time with the sleep. You'd probably be a higher produ like higher producer, right? And a higher performer. And then you wouldn't need fucking 10 hours to do the project. You get it done in four hours. But you're d already dug in this ditch and there's like no way to get out of it except for, what, what was it partially talking about those sleep bunkers, John? Yeah. Except yeah. for go to some fucking, you know, 40 week sleep study where you sleep all you can in a dark room just no, to what, get back to yeah they would have been like some yeah. like like it was somewhere in like i want to say like norway or it was somewhere in like uh um, like northern europe they had these like uh like silo bunkers that they put the people into for some test and they had them go in there and it was like 12 hours a day they had to be in total darkness and yeah. he said that like for like the first what was it, like four to six weeks yeah some, they slept like they were all in a deficit so they slept for the first 12 and then it like normalized and they lost and it got to the point where they were like on average sleeping like seven and a half to eight hours like seven to nine yeah like depending yeah, yeah. it's like seven and a half to eight hours but they were still in there for those and parsley's always like well what the fuck were they doing in there for four hours just fucking staring at the walls in darkness mm -hmm. tapping your toe reliving High school series <laughs> movies and high school stories. Yeah, because they, they had zero technology. You're just in the dark for four hours, just like laying there. Uh, I think it's great. I'm in. Man. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think I think that there's a lot of merit to be said for that, right? Like before when we weren't having any technology and you're hanging out at the bus stop waiting for the bus, like, you know, like that was probably like the equivalent of like that dark room with, you know, when those fire like but you, your brain got some silence, right? You got some relaxation time, right? That same relaxation time we all get when we, we try to get when we go on vacation. Maybe not tax when he's in the Bahamas on spring break, but uh, the, the rest of us. <laughs> the rest of us. Oh, God. Uh, the might, thought of tax with Bahama braids would be fucking awesome. I mean, what, what would even be even cooler if Harpret had Bahama braids underneath as... Uh, Turban, his, uh, yeah. his turban, yeah, and so they, no he, he just popped uh, it off. Has like a crazy ass fucking mohawk with Bahama braids. It's like, what? I can't wear this as a CEO. I got to wear this fucking <laughs> turban just to hide the fact that I'm a fucking crazy dude with Bahama braids and a, and a mohawk. Dude, Does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> <laughs> don't show my mom the pictures. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've definitely, I've definitely like I put beards in a braid before just to see how it looks and it comes out and stuff again. Hey, you know, I, I did a little bit in the hair and stuff, like sometimes on some of those spring breaks, but honestly, it's a lot of time. You just got to sit there and wait. When my hair was long, I got cornrows and uh, it was awful. Okay, Dave uh, Castro. Yeah. 
No, I, this was like <laughs> That's 20 a joke. This was 20 years ago. The problem is, is uh, <laughs> these black ladies put it in because uh, like all the brothers on my team would go get their hair braided. And I went, I got some braids. And uh, the lady pulled the hair so tight on my head that I was having like fucking stress that headache is, and I wow. had to pick yeah. it out. And I remember thinking like, this is awful. Why the fuck would y'all go through this? But that's just, that was me. Dude, uh, I, I'm i just really tweaked on this stuff because what, I've, what I'm excited about is that we can almost set like a, uh, like have like your baseline. Like, hey, this is how much protein I eat. This is what I eat in total calories. This is what my training looks like. And then I can start dropping in single things and see if they make changes. Like, I mean, totally. I did that pretty extensively with like upping the salt intake. Well, you know, testing Rob's stuff, and I was able to check it with the heart rate variability that as my salt intake went up, my heart rate variability uh, climbed and my resting heart rate went down. So, like, I was what, like almost like eight to 10 grams of salt a day, and my resting heart rate was like 46, and my heart rate variability went through the roof. And uh, I just think, like, being able to fine tune these little things and see, like, in real time, like, hey, did I do yesterday or is what I did yesterday affecting me and how is it helping? And then we can start making small little tweaks, which is what we do in the training space. Uh, so, I think the problem that we run into is when people start getting into these things, they make wholesale changes. That's what always kills me where, like, oh, I'm going to wear this, this wearable now. So now you have people wearing wearables. But because they bought the wearable now, they're like, oh, now I have to exercise. I should be drinking more water. And so people just rarely make one change. It's kind of a wholesale change. And that's where it always kind of fucks up all this stuff where it's like, oh, you know. Um, but I also do think that there'd be interesting. I, well, I don't even know how you pull this information. But are the people that are wearing the wearables tend to be the healthiest people because it's important to them. Yeah. So you're just more conscious, right? If you're more conscious, like, yeah, you know, you, you start, you go and even if you are going to cheat and, you know, have that, that awful meal, you may be like just a little bit smarter about it. Like, all right, I'm not going to have the burger and fries. Maybe I'll just have the burger. Right. Um, and not the, not the, you know, regular Coke or whatever it is, or even Diet Coke. For that matter, whatever. Um, so I think, yeah, I think you're right, John. Like you just, you start to become more aware, you start to become, you start thinking about every choice you make a little bit more. So, um, but people are complex, man. We make a lot of decisions every day. So it's, I think sometimes it's, it's hard for people to like realize that, Hey, it's that small little increment, right. That can make a huge difference. So. Great talk. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? No, no, I, I do. I'm, I'm a, I, dude, I've been a fan of, uh, of the or ring since it came out, like, like seeing it. And you know, cause I, I, I don't know. Did I ever tell you guys that, uh, Dr. Tom sent me a, uh, um, human head well that too but uh when i was playing in kansas city he sent me this thing which uh simulated altitude so oh, i had yeah, that, so uh, yeah. so i had a tent that i slept hyperbaric. in yeah, yeah, hyperbaric like, yeah hyperbaric chamber and i would basically sleep at like everest base camp every night and so i slept in this tent mm -hmm. and part of it uh there was a, a thing that went on your finger and you would do oxygen saturation mm -hmm. and yeah. so it was like a big thing like uh, constantly checking to see like what my oxygen saturation was and I would adjust, like, I got up to where it was like, I think I was sleeping at like fifteen to 18,000 foot was, you know, like, it was pretty funny. I got to the point where I was so used to it that if anybody would come over, I'd be like, hey, come get in my tent. Mm -hmm. And then they'd be in there and be like, this is fucking awful. How do you sleep in here? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, uh, you know, you, you, you acclimatize. And um, I would check oxygen saturation. It would go up. And I remember Dr. Tom always being like, uh the the skin on your finger is so thin right. that it gives you by by yeah. far the best collection site. So when I saw this came out, I thought, man, this is yeah, great. Yeah, no brainer. You know, but I also think too, like on um, 
one of the variables that you run into when you start doing the collection data on the arm is the thicker, the more, like the more mass you have, like obviously like the more muscle or the thicker you are on your arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not nearly as, as I guess accurate because there's more to go through opposed from somebody that's much thinner, mm-hmm. you know? So like, that's where I always thought like the discrepancies for my wife, like hers, I thought would be, would be way more accurate than mine just cause you know, thicker, it just has more to go through. So mm-hmm. being able to yeah. have something. And I think that's the fucking problem where, um, the quality of the information collected is directly related to like the person. So if you're leaner so, or the, I mean, you, you just have like, that's the fucking problem. It has to be, uh, you universally the same, you know, the, the first Apple watch, I think it was like when they first shipped it, like they clearly did not test it on a lot of people with dark skin. <laughs> like, like, because even like you were saying, not only do you have like, I mean, it's optics, it's light, right. And it's, it's, it's measuring how the light reflects at the end of the day from like a signal perspective. And so like, not only are you absolutely right, John, that if you have a thicker skin, more mu- or if you have thicker arm, more muscle, right. Your veins actually might be buried buried a little bit deeper right um that's gonna affect it but then it was even just like skin and hair right some of these these first ones that hit the market and so on yeah on the hand i mean shoot right there's a reason why well like literally all these guys in the icu are, are putting something on your finger so no i'm in dude um I'm sorry. Three, well how about this if people can't figure out how to google how do they get their <laughs> hands on an aura ring yeah uh www dot yeah their hands on it yeah dot aura ring.com o-u-r-a-r-i-n-g.com um look this has been this has been a ton of fun um we'll i want to make sure that like your listeners who listen to this also get get a bit of a discount so we'll we'll give you guys like get you guys set up on that so we can throw in the show notes awesome yeah man well there you heard it power athlete nation hopefully you sat through and suffered through this mom and dad you might be getting a little discount on the aura ring just head to powerathletehq.com slash radio and you'll be able to find all of our episodes there. And in that show post, it's going to be some savage savings for our people. Harpreet, thanks, man. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for the time. And thanks for schooling us up on how oh, all yeah. this works, man. Yeah, thank yeah you. man. This thank was you. a ton of fun. Thanks. Yeah, I'll just make sure my mom avoids this one. That's uh, no, I'll be easy. Hey, yeah. and when you're in Austin, hit us up, man. We'll go out. Uh, you can come all out right. here and we'll go to lunch and hang out. Yeah, we'll, we'll try John, to disrupt yeah, that to, sleep. I want to see the gym, man. I want to get a workout. In, Dude, so. come on. Come. Let's go. Bring Anytime. It. It's always open. I'll be there. I'll be there at the end of April. So I'll be there in a month. Oh, we're not going to be there. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> well, it depends what day. We do have <laughs> we'll a little bit. Of we'll figure it out. Training we'll figure camp. Or Pete for the Johnny Wad training camp. Are you going to be here at the end of, at the end of April? Let me. Uh, what date is it? I think it's um. Guest of honor. We could have a guest of honor. Dude, I, I work out with my hair down too. So um, nice. So does Tex. He lets his it. hair down too. Uh, yeah, end of April, man. Yeah, I'll be there. Tell me it's the 20, is it 26, 27? Yeah, I'll be there. 26, 27, 28, 29. No Uh, shit. Well, if you want to be our special guest, we're having a training camp and we're having a bunch of guys come in and we're going to work out and then we're, uh, we're going to this epic thing called Egg Fest, which is, uh, this deal where all these different teams cook all these different foods on the big green egg, which are these smokers and we show up and it's all you can eat, all you can drink. And it's pretty fucking awesome. We've been last couple of years. It's kind of an institution. Yeah. Yeah. It's an adventure. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right, man. I'll shoot you an email. All right. See you guys. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you. Later. Bye. Now 
it's time for you to empower your performance. If you want to learn more about Aura Ring, visit their website, www.auraring.com, or their Instagram page. Again, that's O-U-R-A-R-I-N-G. Until next time, uh, bye!